Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome today Melissa Keenan, who is a keynote speaker, international and USA Today bestselling author. She's also the go-to intuitive intimacy expert for the top 1%. She helps high-achieving business owners have more confidence, connection, ease, and trust in their personal relationships through mastery of intimacy and masculine feminine energy. More than just a four-year coach or a certified master of the Gibson-Benning method, Melissa is a true expert on healing broken and strained relationships, starting with her own. Melissa, you might want to say a few words about yourself first. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Listening to my bio is always sort of a strange feeling. <laughs> and I was listening, thinking about how important it is that when people are struggling in their personal relationships, that that those that they go to know what it's like and how rare that is because so often when we are struggling in a personal relationship we tend to go to an expert who you know in the therapy world it's not uh, even permitted to share your personal life and I just was thinking about how important that has been in my journey like how I wouldn't even feel confident to speak to people in some of these places in their relationship if I hadn't also been through it myself. So that's me. I have been through a lot in my personal relationships and that really has been what has fueled the fire for me to want to help other individuals. And the more that I have built my business and supported business individuals, the more I realized that we have kind of a unique set of patterns around what is difficult for us in relationships. And so that's where my focus comes from with business individuals. Yeah. And I know that on your website, you have your whole story, which is a very long one and a very interesting one as well. So yes, you have all this experience of your own life. And I think it's important. I agree with you as a coach that you are helping people with topics that you have gone through yourself, that you really can feel how that is, that you have made your own mistakes as well and have learned from that and not only from books, courses or any certifications that we can get out there. Yeah, I agree. I would like to immediately dive into the topic as such. And it's a big question and you can probably speak about that for hours. But if I ask you, what is the major obstacles that blocks men and women from being in their power? The number one thing that I see again and again is that we lack the ability to create intimacy with ourselves which then blocks our ability to be in true connection or intimacy with the people around us. And what is business and what is success in life without truly connected relationships with people that we can trust around us? So intimacy with ourselves, it has to start there. And what I mean by that, I like to just take intimacy and, and call it into me see. That kind of helps give you a sense of it's an understanding of your own emotions, your desires, 
and the things that you deeply value and then being able to act in um, attunement and alignment with those things on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. In this podcast, we often speak about how to develop ourselves, how to empower ourselves, how to become a better leader, how to make your career and all of these things. And I think in the professional world, we also forget far too often to connect with ourselves. We even forbid it to us, maybe even more than in the private sector, because we feel like we have to fit into a specific way of being. And this in turn removes this this whole power. How can we connect more to ourselves? Would you say you, you start in your corner at home and build that for yourself? What's the starting point? Everyone really hates this answer. <laughs> But I share it anyway, because it's what's true. It's feelings. Your feelings is where you start. And this absolutely applies in the business realm as well. When something shows up as as discomfort, our first inclination, because we have ourselves so compartmentalized and everything is in its, uh, you know, separate boxes, our first inclination is to push the discomfort down and not pay attention to it. But actually, it's there for a reason. Like our inner wisdom, if you will, our intuition is saying, hey, something's off here. This isn't working for you. And so, you know, that applies in every aspect of our life. And when we when we shut that down and we don't uh, get curious about what the emotions are trying to speak to us and about what they're pointing to us in terms of what we deeply value, When we don't do that, we bypass our whole power. That's our whole power right there. When we listen, then it allows us to move forward in a way that we start to see things that we would not have seen. We can't just go forward like robots. And I really think everyone hates it when I say this about emotions. Like a lot of people have been talking about emotions for, you know, at least the last 20 years now. It's come more mainstream into the personal development world. And yet this is probably still what I work on most with my clients, even people who are highly personally developed. We still don't really know what it's like to listen to and feel our feelings and then translate that into what they mean or what they're pointing us towards. They're not the end all be all. They're a compass guiding us to what we deeply value. Many people who are shying away from going deeper into understanding themselves have actually a lack of confidence. And this is why they want to develop themselves on the one hand, but then they don't do it because they are afraid of feeling even less confident because they are afraid of what they might discover within themselves. I hear that quite often, like, oh, I don't want to open up the Pandora box because I don't know what I will find there. I'm not sure that I can manage it afterwards. So I know, as you know, that it's not true, but I know that many people in the audience do not know that. What are you telling people when they say, oh, no, 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 it's dangerous to see my feelings, to name my emotions, to let them overwhelm me and really understand and feel what's going on. That's too dangerous. I don't want to go there. What do you say? Yeah, it makes total sense. And especially when it feels like it's a tiger that you've been shoving deeper and deeper into the closet, you know, as like the years go by and there's things that you haven't wanted to face. It absolutely makes sense to feel that way. And when you live your life like that, your emotions, you actually have created a dangerous relationship with them because usually you can only stuff something for so long. And then the next thing you know, you're acting out in anger 
or you're overcome with sadness and you feel like a victim to your emotions. So what we need to do is get you out from underneath your emotions and into a more empowered place with them so that you can decide, you tell yourself like, this is where I'm going to make space to feel these feelings. And this is how I'm going to act when I feel these feelings. But we don't have a frame of reference for that. So instead, it has become dangerous to feel those things. But you can see, right, if you're never consciously choosing to allow something out that is so persistent like emotions are, that you would become a victim to it until you decide, wait a minute, no, I hold the reins here. That's how you create that beautiful relationship. So in the beginning, it could be a little bit scary and it could feel like a lot. And so maybe you carve out some extra space for yourself. But when I'm working with my clients, it's more like it takes like five minutes. It's like, okay, we feel, we understand what value it's leading you towards. We do a little work around your desires. If there's some stickiness in there, we might go into a little bit around limiting beliefs and stuff and healing that. And then we move forward because everything in us has a desire to create. It's focused on the present and the future, not actually focused on the past. So it's showing up there to go, hey, let's tweak how we do the present and the future. But we, when we do all this bypassing stuff, that's where we end up like kind of numb and disconnected in our work in the world or disconnected in our relationships and not even really sure what we want or how to move forward. Mm -hmm. Let's speak a little bit more about relationships because life is created with relationships. Relationships are the center of it and we are all very social beings. So we need relationships wherever many, many people struggle with them, be it starting with the relationship with parents or their siblings, which are often highly conflictual. And there's a lot of history behind that, which they carry wisdom throughout their whole lives and also bring into a relationship with a partner, for example. How important is our relationship with our partner when it comes to our overall life. It's so important. And we all know this, but society has taught us to compartmentalize. In my mind, when I've worked with clients, compartmentalization is actually a tool that works against us. But if you Google compartmentalization right now, you'll find all the how-tos, guides of how to compartmentalize. And that's actually an old-fashioned, really masculine energy approach to how to do life. And so as we move into an era of greater consciousness, I would say, there's like greater spirituality. We're waking up to things. Um, women in particular are like having more permission for our sensibilities and sensitivities, which are actually gifts rather than weaknesses. We're recognizing like we can't actually continue to do things the way that we have done them. And so when, when um, I mean, it's very obvious, right? Like when you're turned on in your relationships, you're going to show up more turned on in your business. When you're feeling excited and enthusiastic because you're in a love relationship where you feel cherished and adored and, and there's mutual love and respect and teamwork and all of that, of course, you're going to be in a more open and expansive place to see the vision in your business or to see what next steps need to take place or to troubleshoot that problem or whatever. And so they're absolutely connected. Plus, we all know someone or maybe even ourselves 
who has gone through divorce while trying to stay, you know, productive in their career or running their business. And it's extremely challenging because we can't actually compartmentalize. We're not robots. Yeah, and we often think that when we have a problem at work or we want to make a career step upwards, that we have to focus on this work area only. Whereas I think what you said in the beginning is extremely important. First of all, you need to create intimacy with yourself because you are your best friend. You are with you your whole life. <laughs> That's the yes. only thing that is for sure. And if you don't have this connection, then you cannot connect with others. So let's speak a little bit about Okay, when I'm in a relationship where I have now the wish that things change, but so far I have somehow wiped away a lot of my personality traits or my desires because I didn't want to make a fuss, I didn't want to create any conflict, and today I don't even know how to get back to myself and how to bring this self into my relationship because I haven't done it for such a long time. Where is the starting point? Because that's a long way to go. Mm -hmm. it, it is right at your feelings. That's the starting point. It is just beginning with discomfort. I had a mentor and I adopted this, this phrase that she would use is our inner sacred bell. It really is. And it also is the one that's the most persistent. So even though we often look at like pain and discomfort as just things to avoid or might label them as bad, they're actually the key. So it's like, being able to lean in there and, and identify what am I feeling and what is that leading me toward? What value is missing for me right now that's actually super important to me? And then when we know that and we've done that inner work and we can communicate that, we can go to our partner and we can say, hey, I feel this and I really value this. How can we create more of this in our relationship? It's that little beginning crack of opening up of vulnerability. Usually what we have are a lot of judgments and opinions and evaluations that have been created by hurts of omission or commission where people have either done what we wanted them to do or didn't do what we wanted them to do. And there's a lot of hurts built up there. So usually when you've come to a place like that in your relationship, it does take some time to begin to bring the walls down. And it requires a lot of grace and space because usually if one person is feeling this way, the other person is also feeling this way in their own way. So, you know, having the guidance of a third party, I always tell my clients, I can usually hear what you're saying better than your partner can. And I just tell them that upfront. It's because I don't have any emotional connection to what you're, you know, what you guys have been experiencing. So when he says one thing, I can hear how much he loves her and wants us to be better, where all she can hear maybe are excuses or defensiveness. And so I can kind of help guide that. And it's absolutely possible. In my own marriage, we almost lost everything. My husband and I were separated for six months and we really kind of were in this scenario. We had built in our relationship these layers of superficialness because we didn't want to let each other down. So we didn't show each other our truth. And if we ever did talk about issues, it was handled in a very practical business-like manner, right? Like, these are the issues I see. What are you going to do about them? Which comes across 
like completely void of connection or caring or intimacy. You know, you can't show up like you show up in business in your relationship. It's just completely different ground. And so we had so much of that kind of past unpacking to do to be able to say, hey, remember three years ago when you said or did this thing? Like, that really hurt. And I think all these years I've been holding on to this story from that moment, all that time ago, and we could embrace over it. And it actually, we, we used everything that had created disconnection and barriers in our relationship to come back together. And that's what's required. You say that you are, you're on healing broken and strained relationships. Is it always about healing a relationship or is it sometimes better to break up and to go your own way? Oh, for sure. The The trick is, and I, I honestly just feel gratitude for the situation that I have been put in because my husband also continued to choose me and choose intimacy every day. And if he hadn't chosen while I was choosing, it wouldn't work. That's the... Um, that's honestly the paradox of relationship. And that's what makes it so hard for us as business owners. Cause like in our business, there's a lot we can control. Like we can really like put things in boxes and plug things into formulas and get output. But when it comes to relationships, it's like you can do all the formulas and it still doesn't quite work. Like it requires going into that feminine energy space and tapping into, you know, feelings and intuition and some of the intangible there. It's the beauty and the pain of a relationship, isn't it? That we don't have control of the outcome. And even I sit in my relationship right now and we have a beautiful relationship and we have four beautiful children. And, and I know, and I get to sit with all the time, the reality that our circumstances could change. Like this isn't a guarantee ever. It's just not because we have to choose every day. And that's what makes life sweet when you kind of go, oh my gosh, I have been choosing every day and they've been choosing me. And these sweet children have been choosing me too, you know? It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Being aware of that gives us this feeling of self-empowerment at the same time because we are the masters of our lives and we can take decisions, like you say, every single day for or against something, for or against someone, a situation as well, and, and so on. If you compare masculine and feminine energy, what is the difference? When I refer to masculine and feminine energy, I'm referring to yin and yang energy. And I'm really glad you asked that question because most of us carry misunderstandings around masculine and feminine energy. Like I'll have women come to me and talk to me about things like nails has nothing to do with feminine energy, actually. That's culturally feminine in some culture. So the difference between cultural masculine and feminine and actual masculine and feminine energy is really important to dissect. But masculine and feminine energy, um, when you're really looking at the yin and yang, masculine is in the spirit of doing, feminine is the spirit of being. Masculine energy is more structured and organized and kind of provides, yeah, maybe support or structure in a system. Feminine energy is the flow through the system. 
it's sensing, it's feeling masculine energy is going outward or depending on experts or previously predicted formulas and feminine energy is going inward or depending more on senses and intuition. So because our world has been primarily a patriarchal society where systems and things have been laid in place by men who tend to have higher capacity in masculine energy, then most of our systems have been in that masculine energy space. And as we have evolved and grown into a space of more equality with men and women, we find that our systems and everything have to evolve too. We really kind of are all starving for feminine energy, including our men. You know, we all know these stereotypes that men were raised with in terms of like, don't share your feelings, like you can't expose weakness, all of these sorts of things. Those are the very things that make someone capable of connecting in a relationship. The being and doing is very familiar to me because that's what I'm doing in my communication trainings, particularly skills trainings are often only the masculine part. So it's about the doing. You have a few methods, you apply them. It's all very straightforward, but actually people don't apply them because they're not in the being. They totally forget the being. And because they do not have the mindset or the emotion and the feeling that helps them to do what they have learned to do, they don't do it. And this feminine energy at work, I think is super important. That's why I'm doing this podcast as well. It's not about just bringing women into the workplace or helping them to climb the career ladder or something like that. It's much more about bringing this feminine energy in and that women, but also men, it's even more difficult for them, bringing this feminine energy to the workplace as well, where all of us, men and women alike, often feel like it's not appropriate. Like you said, it's not what we're used to. It's not how it's valued in my organization. So I don't do it. I hide that part of myself to a degree that when I'm coaching, uh, especially when I'm coaching men, I realize that when I ask them a question about a being, how they feel, how they want to be, they immediately answer with a doing. They immediately come with some facts or a way of doing something or process something, yeah, but they just can't even grasp this dimension. And I think it's super important that we find balance. Do you think that it's about having a real balance, like masculine energy question? Is it about having 50-50%? Right. What, what is good? You know, is there a good or bad? Should, should I just make sure that both is it? Like with the yin and yang, yeah, it's a balance. Does it have to be this very regular balance? Or is it okay if I'm more on the one or on the other side? I think that for men, the balance is very important. But for women, not at all. And trying to trying to put yourself in some sort of balance is just yet another box we're trying to put ourselves into. And I've actually spoken with healers and, and things like this who want to um, say, oh, this is your perfect alignment, you know, 60-40 or whatever, like they muscle test and things. And I don't really even see value in doing that because I think it changes every day. Like part of feminine energy is being more aware of our seasons and cycles. And we have seasons and cycles with our menstrual cycle. We are in seasons and cycles in relationship with the moon. I mean, we know that the moon affects the tide and we are 60% water. So therefore the moon affects us too. And then you got your actual like weather seasons and things. 
Plus you have just your own emotional cycles. Uh, like if you're going through a grieving period because you just lost a family member, that's going to provide a different season and cycle for you. And so there is not a perfect blend. The key is on how you can kind of go in and go, am I acting in alignment with what's best for me right now? My perfect balance in air quotes, if you will, is am I acting in relation to a, a trigger? Or am I acting in relation to my truth? Like, am I, you know, making these decisions based on fear? Or am I making these decisions because it's what I feel called to? Like my heart is leading me there. And then that's how we know. So, so then my day to day, like I might get super excited about a project that I'm launching and I might lose sleep over it or not eat or whatever, because I'm just so in it and I'm in the fire and the passion of it. That's actually very feminine energy, though it all looks masculine. But then I also may have periods of time where, you know, I've opened up my schedule, I have time, I go out and sit with my tree in the backyard and meditate and I, I do less. My schedule might look to someone like, this woman's running a business, <laughs> you know, um, so it looks different for everyone. It's about finding our own way. And something that you said when we're preparing this podcast is stop doing it that way because the experts say so and start doing it your way, the way that feels most aligned for you. <laughs> yes. And honestly, that has been an ongoing lesson for me personally as well. Coming into the online business world, I had done so much inner work. I, I really think I had this idea that like nothing could like sway me out of alignment. And then I was not prepared for kind of the... Um, It really is designed to prey on people who, you know, I don't, I didn't know how to run business. I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to sell. I knew that I was a newbie in all those things. So it was like, well, I need to hire the experts. I need to da, 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 which led to bypassing so much of my own inner knowing. Like for instance, if I was coached to do something that I thought was like a slimy sales technique. It was like, well, I better just do it. This is what the expert has said. So I've had to go through and really like excavate because again, when we do that, we get to a place where we don't feel joy anymore in what we're doing in the world. We're like completely disconnected from ourselves. So I have done that too. I can understand very well <laughs> what, you're, what you're speaking about. Yeah. So let's come to what we say in the beginning. Actually, the first step to do is that you create intimacy with yourself, that you understand what are your feelings, what are your emotions, might be uncomfortable to open your eyes and to really look at that. But it's about understanding what you truly want, what you truly value, what is important to you. And then going that way, which is also the golden path to authenticity, to inner strength, to this presence that you create when you're not no longer then inward looking because you you have this intimacy with yourself. You don't have to search it in every situation and you can really concentrate and watch the other people around you and create these great connections. So it's a wonderful podcast with you. Thank you very much. You have a little gift for our audience. Do you want to say more about that? Yes, absolutely. So everything that we have been talking about literally lives in my free intimacy guide, um, the four steps to getting more. And it takes you through these beginning steps of intimacy with yourself. 
and even allows you to create a statement that you can then share with someone that you love and take a risk and try it out and see what happens. And so it's a short little packet that has a very profound impact. If you go in and do it, it's like takes you deeper into insights in yourself than maybe you've ever experienced before. So I highly recommend head over to my website, melissakeenan.com and and you can pick that up for free. Thank you very much, Melissa. And we will have the link in the show notes, including also your website and your other pages where people can find you. Thank you very much for the great conversation. Absolutely. Thank you. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I am excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.